the list of things that Pittsburgh's Major League Baseball franchise could do to truly reconnect with its fans, to truly regain their trust, is exactly one deep. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. The list (laughs) has one entry, and you know what it is. And you know what it is. Because no matter what else happens with the Pirates, up to and including... I kid you not, winning a sixth World Series championship. Nothing will change the way this fan base and this general public, even people who aren't necessarily uh, intense fans or followers of the team, no one will change how they feel about it until Bob Nutting sells. I thought that there was a a period there, the obvious one between 2013 and 15, but especially in 2013, the blackout game and uh, not only the team doing everything right, but also saying all the right things. Clint Hurdle in particular with the city rebonding with its franchise and so forth. I thought there was a chance there. I, there was even a sentiment expressed at the time, although everyone will deny it, that, you know, hey, maybe this this nutting guy, he had good intentions here all along and we shouldn't have doubted him because now, look, uh, they got to the trade deadline each of those years and went out and added players, Aramis Ramirez, Justin Morneau, uh, starting pitchers, relief pitchers. They signed Francisco Liriano uh, to a big deal. They signed Andrew McCutcheon, Starling Marte, Gregory Polanco. And there was some feeling that, okay, we don't have to like the guy. We don't have to accept that he's never going to be able to spend, you know, up to the level of some other teams in baseball. But, you know, he, he'll do. And then, and then, yeah. Everything else happened, <laughs> beginning with the offseason implosion following the 2015 season in Neil Huntington and Kyle Stark not doing a thing to replace the, I feel, unavoidable losses of A.J. Burnett and Jay Happ. A.J. was obviously unavoidable. He retired. Happ, the Blue Jays were always going to outbid the Pirates, they wanted him very, very badly, and they have way deeper pockets. But a lot of other things went wrong after that. Not all of them payroll-related, some of them just accountability-related. And Nutting is in a far, far worse spot now than he was before the 2013 season. I mean, that we're talking back then about, you know, somebody who'd been in control of the franchise for just a handful of years. Now we're heading into year 15 of that. He he couldn't be less popular, less liked, less respected, and most importantly, 
for the purposes of this discussion, less trusted. So what I'd hoped to do today was to at least pose the question, what else could happen, could happen, that would allow the city to get back to just liking the pirates or or at least hearing the word pirates without picturing Nutting's face. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. North Shore Tavern is home to Steak on a Stone. North Shore Tavern is home to a full, fantastic chef-designed menu. Uh, It's not what you think if you just hear the word tavern or if you hear about their awesome drink selection, for that matter. Or maybe even if you just hear of Steak on a Stone and it sounds kind of gimmicky like they won't have other stuff. It's outstanding, both the depth and the quality of it. And the other thing that I think you'll really appreciate about North Shore Tavern is they serve you, and they serve you quickly. Uh, they're not messing around there. You don't sit there for 40, 45 minutes waiting for your food. Uh, Mike Sukic, the owner there, has explained to me what their processes are, and he's not messing around. He doesn't even want items on his menu that are going to take too long to get to your table. North Shore Tavern, check them out. Proud independent business. You'll be very glad that you did. I've got World Series on my list here as things that would maybe make people, you know, let go of whatever it is or at least set it aside, uh, the issues that they have with nutting. Some of those are real. Some of those are genuine. Some of those are understandable. Some of them are just completely made up and wacky. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because What I'm talking about here is perception, not reality. We're talking about the public and the fan base's perception of the Pirates and the Pirates owner in particular. I could see a situation where Nutting was the guy who fired. Of course, he was also the guy who hired, but never mind that. He was the guy who fired Huntington and Stark and Frank Coonley, and he brought in people who have won both in the baseball and business worlds and he cleaned house but would have cleaned house with the right people and those people came in and made a real difference and Ben Charrington's plan which would require patience which would require patience going all the way to the top of the organization would pay off similarly to what we've seen in St. Petersburg and other places with teams that don't necessarily spend as much. And we could even see it as some sort of, uh, I don't know, rallying cry to the handful of people who follow the Rays. Uh, you hear a lot of that where they'll say, yeah, we're, we're look at us, we're ahead of the Yankees and the Red Sox. We're up there every single year with these teams. 
and we're not even spending a quarter of what they are. Why? Because our people are a lot smarter. Our instructors, our developers, our coaches, our managers are a lot smarter. We have better players. There could be some kind of pride in that, but it, no. It, like I'm, tr- you can. T- I, all I'm trying to do here is is to f- find a path here, and I don't see that either. Because in Pittsburgh, the Rays model doesn't work. Because as soon as a player gets good in the Rays model, they are gone by necessity. They are looking for another team to grossly overpay in terms of prospects at that point in that player's career. And they don't care if they offend the Rays seven or eight fans. Can't do that here. Can't do that here. You can't tell people in a year or two, Brian Reynolds, uh, he's won two National League MVPs, a couple of gold gloves, and he's also founded uh, or started his own new wing of Children's Hospital to try to, uh, you know, benefit the community, but we have to trade him in order to, you know, replenish the system. He's not going to do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it here and expect people to appreciate it anyway. You can do it. They've done it. What else? What else could they do? What Could he? I don't. There isn't one. There isn't one. It's... The most maddening of all dead ends in Pittsburgh sports. Oh, wait. Wait, there is one. Just thought of it. I was about to send it off to the next segment. He could, at the time that the Pirates get competitive, at the time they set themselves up where they're in a position where they've got talent coming, like the Rays, he could say, listen, I really appreciate this model. We're going to try something a little different than the Rays here. We're going to keep Brian Reynolds. We're going to keep Brian Hayes. We're going to keep this player or that player. And we're going to do it for the long haul, and we're going to find a way to fill PNC Park up and show people, not talk about it, show people that we're taking that money and reinvesting it directly in baseball. He could do that. I'm getting into a hypothetical here, so stop laughing. This is a hypothetical. He could do that. He could attempt to build a relationship like the one Mark Atanasio has built in Milwaukee with fans of the Brewers, where they trust the guy implicitly, even when he cuts payroll, because everything is transparent. Everything's out in the open. But there hasn't been a precedent for that. There hasn't been a precedent for that. And I literally just wasted everyone's time. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. And today's J1Q comes from Brian who asks, is it reasonable to expect the Pirates to get to 500 in 2022 or at least not finish last in the Central Division. Brian, the way you worded this was so precise and so perfect that I first have to applaud that. Because there's a difference between expecting and predicting. 
And when you ask, is it reasonable to expect that result? The answer, at least the one that I'd give, is an absolute yes. Because getting to 500, I believe, is achievable without disrupting any broader goals that Charrington and his staff have related to their system, meaning the minor league system. I could very easily see a team that has Brian Reynolds, Brian Hayes, Jacob Stallings, Colin Moran, a couple other guys that you throw in there, and a young, built mostly from within, pitching staff augmented by two or three pieces on each side, hitting and pitching. I could see that group being competitive enough to be 500 if they perform to their expected talent levels. And let's remember that with most of these younger guys that are here, their talent levels are expected to be, there's that word again, expected to be somewhat significant. So why not? Why not? What would be affected here? I can't state this often enough, and not that I'm going to equate everything that the Pirates do to payroll, but their payroll commitment for 2022, as I'm speaking with you right now, is $0.00. That doesn't mean they don't have players that they're going to bring back on arbitration and uh, contracts. They're they're technically called on the inside of the industry 0-3 to deals, but... That means you're in your first three years of your contract and you basically get stamped. The team can pay you whatever it is that they want. Those guys have to be brought back. But no contracts have actually been signed. There's no existing contracts that carry over. There's no Gregory Polanco-type $11 million albatross on the payroll. There's not anybody making anything right now. So since the Pirates spent... $51.8 million on payroll in 2021, and they could very reasonably be, here's the word again, expected, meaning that you expect them, you, Brian, expect them to raise their payroll to, the number I've been using here that I would expect them to raise it to is 70. You can't convince me that having payroll go from 51.8 to 70 is going to do anything at all to harm, to slow, to damage in any capacity what you're trying to build from within. And if they do get to 70 and they're currently spending like almost nothing, that's a whole lot of Tyler Anderson that you can bring in. That's a whole lot of Ben Gamble you can bring in to fill your holes. You can keep Yoshi Tsutsugo. And yes, of course, you can do things that are future-minded as well, such as negotiating a long-term deal with Reynolds, maybe even with Hayes. You can do those things. And you don't have to be reckless about it. You don't have to do something that hurts 
however much your payroll might be in or might need to be in two or three years when you've got yourself all these world beaters up here and Nick Gonzalez and Leo Verpaguero and O'Neill Cruz and everybody else are turning into all-stars and you're worried how are you going to pay them all, how are you going to pay them? What you spend in 2022, if it's $70 million versus 51.8, won't affect that in the slightest. So yes, expectation, yes. Prediction, no. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Let's do it.